Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. I've got a special guest today, Alyssa Glutz, who is an originator and a credit expert who is passionate about helping people improve their credit reports and scores and has built her mortgage business on that expertise. She is the author of the book, Color My Credit, and an influencer with millions of views on TikTok, YouTube, and more. She's going to share 10 things about credit that can immediately improve your business, whether you're a real estate agent or a loan officer. Alyssa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We're so glad to have you, to have somebody um, who has so much expertise in the credit space and helping people with their credit could not be more timely. So I'm very excited to have you on. Can you give us a little bit of background about how you got into this particular part of the mortgage industry? Like, why did you focus on credit? So I've been a lender for 20 years. I got in the business back in, oh, actually, 03. So we're coming up on it. Um, And I always had kind of a fascination for credit. Uh, and understanding how it worked. I'm Gen X, I'm 45, so I, I wasn't taught that in school or at home. And I thought, boy, that's something my generation's going to know a lot, of, you know, need to know a lot about. Um, and I started teaching Dave Ramsey's stuff at the early 2012. And the one part when he got to the credit score part, I kind of was like, whoa, wait, you know. Um, and at the same moment, at the same time, I had a lot of clients that were looking for assistance and the only options really were to refer them to credit repair. And I didn't feel credit repair was giving me um, what I wanted, I wa- some positive you know, consequences of, of them working together, if that's the right way to say it. But the important thing was, is that as a mortgage lender, I knew that the mortgage scoring model was very different from everything else everybody was getting for free. And I knew that you could really make a big difference in somebody's life for the long term if you could teach them how to rebuild and be empowered. So I felt you didn't need the repair. You needed to be empowered. And if I could teach them that, that would bring an extra value. You know, I knew nobody was going to be walking into real estate offices saying, you know, does anybody have anybody with bad credit? You know, and I don't do credit repair. So it's like, they're like, well, what are you doing then? You know, typically a loan officer needs to make a commission. And I'm like, well, you know, I wanted something that was more of a long uh, connected relationship. And so I started writing Color My Credit Uh, At the end of um, 2015, I was going through a divorce and I thought, gosh, there's got to be a lot of women like me or men that are going coming out of a divorce, kind of not, not knowing what to do next and that they didn't have to feel broken. They didn't have to feel like they had to be repaired, but just empowered to, to take a new step, to look at this with new eyes and approach credit um, with, with a new perspective that will help with building a financial legacy. So that's kind of been my main focus is that I want to teach them the ways to improve the credit with the accounts that you have on your credit, not be so focused on what you need to dispute, delete, fix, because uh, it's not as much about that. I think it's really interesting. So, you know, you talked about going into real estate offices and being like, hey, do you have anybody with, you know, credit that's not great and working with them? That's such a different approach than waiting for people to come to you who are already, you know, oh, they're going to get pre-approved right away. They're going to be easy and probably an approach that is really paying off right now as we head into a downturn because you're yeah. not just waiting for that low hanging fruit. Yeah, there's nobody that I think once that I even teach my real estate partners and a lot of my lending partner, loan officer friends, 
um, the, my methods. Um, I have some very simple methods. There's nobody that you can't manufacture, you know, you can't manufacture buyers with because if anybody's got a dream in their heart, you know how to be able to look at the credit report, determine their step one, step two, step three, that will get them to that 620, 680 space to buy a home. If they want to go higher than that, then there's kind of a next steps. But uh, it's, it, you know, it's a quick process. Most people don't realize it's like 30 to 60 days just to get a few things in place and you see your scores high enough to move forward on a house. And I don't do a lot of 580 people. Like I do, you know, I try to really help them get above that 700, so. Really interesting. We're going to dive into those things. But first, I wanted to talk a little bit, too, about um, you are an influencer. I mentioned that in the <laughs> introduction. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of mortgage lenders are not like, wow, I just want to get on TikTok and uh, meet people that way. How did that happen? Uh, it's actually sad. My, my father-in-law passed uh, at the end of 2019. And... Um, my mother-in-law had passed a couple years before that. I'll, I'll be honest, I was in a pretty low level of, uh, I was a lot of grief was going on. And my little girls are 13 and 15, and they were showing me stuff on TikTok all the time. And I thought, no one's going to find me there. Um, Gary V keeps saying that this is a great um, video maker, and it will teach you how to be a better storyteller because you only got a minute. And I could post them privately. I don't even have to post them to the world, but who's going to see them anyway, right? And then everybody went home for uh, the pandemic. Everybody went home. And here I am, you know, every day, like, how can I get into the high schools, into the senior year to go out to these kids and teach them what they got to do to build credit? And, and, you know, how can I get in front of them? And then I'm looking at TikTok one day going, you're on <laughs> show, show time, you know, because they're home and that's what they're paying attention to right now. And so... In my own weird way, you know, I, I came from a stand-up comedy before the whole mortgage business, uh, so a little different perspective. I wanted to make it fun and interesting and not something that you went, oh, credit, you know, or oh, money. Like, I want to flip the script, you know, and make it much more of an empowering, like, fun game. Um, I talk a lot about football with credit, you know, and everything. I just wanted to make it something that everybody would feel, too, that they belonged at the table. Um, even if they just got through kindergarten, if you know how to color, you know, you know how to improve your credit. It's like it's easier than you think. But we we, we get we got to get past that mental part. So you had a lot of the expertise before you jumped into sharing that expertise on TikTok. Definitely. Okay. Yeah, I'd written the book in 2016 and I had sold 900 books, um, you know, organically since 2016. And then when I got on TikTok in 2019, I blew up pretty, pretty fast with a phone call I did about call, acting like I was calling a collection company. But sometimes people just want to hear what you would say if you called. So you're like, hi, I have a collection. And I went through my script and it hit a million views, you know. And what happened was uh, I it blew up to about, you know, 450. I think I have about 450,000 followers right now. But the um, year of 2020, I sold 20,000 of the books and it was only 900 before. So it definitely, I mean, you can't, you can't, it was all free, you know, you can't beat that. Connecting with a whole generation that you know is scared to death to raise their hand and say, I want to buy a home. Not unless the older sister, who they trust, can grab their arm and go one step at a time. It's a lot, you know. So overwhelming. I love it because not just kids. <laughs> right. I love it because you are translating something that's difficult for people to understand in a lot of different contexts and making it easy to understand through your book, through the through the social media. Amazing. 
Yeah, music, music, I'm, a, I'm like, music is my love language. So being able to freely, not like the other social media, um, you know, Facebook and Instagram, I'd get, I'd get videos taken down all the time for using a music, you know, copyright or something. And here I am on this platform where they're like, put Jay-Z on and wave your hands and do a little text box. And now you're teaching this stuff, you know, and people are entertained just like Disney. You know, you're, you're entertained, but you walk away going, am I educated now? Oh my God, that's not what I expected. That's what I want, you know? I want you to be entertained and then go like, oh, now I know how to raise my score. What happened here? What did she do? Voodoo. <laughs> you do a lot of dancing and yeah. it's amazing that you're doing dancing and you do all this and you you have so much information. So let's let's jump into some of this. Yeah. And you were, uh, love that you kind of outlined 10 things that you thought that mortgage and real estate, you know, people really need to know about credit and helping people with credit. So let's, number one, the classic FICO. So we know we just had an announcement about that. So yep. tell us, you know, is this going somewhere? What's going yeah. on? Yeah. So they did just approve FHFA. They just approved the usage of these new scoring models. This is big. We've never been able to use anything but the classic scoring model that's not given to fr for free to anybody. So now they've, um, they have said that they're going to allow the use the thing that you're not seeing in a lot of news articles out there is that it's not anytime soon. It's going to be about probably two or three years for them to really get all the automated system to read it. But we need that time because the scoring models that they're going to be allowing use are FICO 10T and Vantage Score 4.0. And the thing that's unique about those is they have trended credit data as a huge piece of the credit score. So you need time, you need a good 24 month time frame to build a trend of being a transactor, they call it, versus a revolver. So we need that two years anyways before those scoring models will go into effect. But overall, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be a lot more, um, my big thing was the ability to use rent and some of the alternative like utilities and stuff. Those don't do anything for the current classic FICO model but they have an impact on Vantage score and FICO 10T. So that'll be helpful. And we know a lot of people, um, especially maybe underserved people, their phone and their and they're paying their phone bill over years of time right. would be a, a great credit uh, yeah. thing that to look at. Yeah, absolutely. The key is that to remember those are like installment loan payments. So the important thing with your score is just pay them on time. You, if you don't have credit cards, if you don't have a decision for them to watch, you have this much available on the card. How much did you use? If you don't have the ability for them to look at that discipline, your score is really going to suffer no matter what scoring model you're looking at. So it's about the proper usage of credit cards. Love that. And I know you you lay out all of this in your book. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> let's talk about uh the Fresh Start Initiative for borrowers who have student loans. Tell us a little bit about that. So the Biden administration um, already enacted, this isn't part of the student loan forgiveness, but if somebody's in default, and that means they're at least 270 days behind on making their payment on their student loan, they go into default, into collection. So what happens is typically you'd have to make nine payments on in a row in order to lift that default and get the, the government caver's claim removed and then uh, be able to move forward on a house, okay? And now the nine months is not required. The Fresh Start Initiative allows them to immediately get their loans out of default. I've had two clients this last month that were able to get that caver's claim removed in 30 days. So 30 days, and, and that's gonna be big for even 
people in jail that are trying to, you know, get to grants and things that they can't because of the default. Uh, now, you know, one month and they're out of default. So you want to take advantage of that and you just call your servicer. Uh, or if you don't know who that is, you can go to studentaid.gov and put in your FAFSA ID and find out who's servicing your loan without them looking at you. You know, make a decision. People get scared. Like, I don't want to go there and start something up. No, you can go and observe um, and then decide if you're going to move forward. But you can go on an income-based repayment and maybe have a payment that's zero, but it gets them out of default and allows you to move forward on a house. So once, so that default shows up on your credit score or your credit report? It, it shows up on the credit, but then it also in a kind of a back room, uh, the government cavers, um, there, it's a system that we, once we plug in, we'll, we'll know whether there's a government claim out there for you. And you can't get an FHA or VA loan uh, or USDA. So we got to get that cleared first. Gotcha. Well, let's talk about student loan forgiveness, right? A whole other thing and, yeah. and what that yeah. looks like. You can fill out your application for the like the beta application by the end of the year. It's all the way through December 31st. It isn't something that automatically will happen. You need to go and do the application. Nothing's going to happen yet. It's going to be and there's some people will say to you that it'll, it'll never happen. But yeah, Biden is moving forward full force like it's happening. So it's like at this point, I've seen a few TikToks on it and I've seen some people say, that they're getting, uh, reading a news article that they're going to get a check in the mail. That's not true. The people that are going to get a check in the mail are the people that owe less than the 10000 that's being forgiven or the 20000 if you had a Pell Grant. Um, the only people that are going to get a check in the mail are the people that overpaid during this pause. Like they paid and they don't owe over the 10 or over the 20. So there's room left in that 10,000 uh, for them to basically get refunded for the amount they paid during this amount. So that's actually going to come as a check in the mail, but it will not be 10,000. A lot of people were like, if I'm getting 10,000, then, you know, I'm like, no, 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 just maybe a couple of, you know, a few payments. Right. So this is not another, you know, uh, check uh, stimulus. stimulus. Yeah. Like, don't, don't yeah. think of it that way. Yeah. Good to know. Um, what about, yeah. you know, one of the things that trips up a lot of people or they, they wonder if it does is medical collections. Right. Medical is a big deal, too, because a lot of people after the National Consumer Assistance Plan was put in place like this is back in 2018. There was a, a few things in there that said that medical collections would be um, suppressed over time. OK, but but that somehow translated in the news that medical collections don't matter. They don't matter in a lot of the scoring models that you see for free. They're not even relevant. They're not in there. But to the classic FICO model used for a house, for a car, they're very relevant. It could be a $4 medical collection that just showed up on your credit that could drop your score 100 points. So the key thing is, is that in July, they uh, the Biden administration put into effect that if you pay a medical collection and they agree to settle even if it's for less than what you owe, but they'll update the balance to zero on that collection on your uh, credit report. You don't have to negotiate for them to delete it like it never was there. They automatically remove it. Now, the credit bureaus, once they update it to zero, the CFPB uh, instructed the credit bureaus to remove it from the credit like it never existed. So that's nice. And then the collections that are under $500, um, they don't have to be paid and they are going to be, I mean, as far as for next year, the ones that are under 500, they're going to be removing those, even if they're not paid. So, but if you wanted to hurry up 
and it was only a couple hundred dollars and you could afford it, you could do that now. And once they update it to zero, it's gone. Otherwise, you got to wait till next year to see the ones under 500 that um, that are impact, you know, to get removed. Uh, the thing to remember, though, whether it's medical or non-medical, the classic FICO model doesn't uh, doesn't know the difference between medical and non-medical. So whether the, the key thing to remember of whether this collection is impacting my score and will it help if I pay it is all based on the date. If it says date assigned, like the date it opened, even if the collection is bought from a creditor from five years ago, but the collection just opened, that's the one that's hurting you the most. And then you work your way backwards by date going back 24 months. But if you start with a collection that was reported on your credit four years ago, you won't see any difference in your score if you've had other collections report after that. So it's important to put an order together. I think this really illustrates some of the things that are in your book, that there are so many parts of this that most people who are helping people qualify for loans have no idea. They don't know no. the, the little things that the are The little moves. Them. Right. Yeah, Exactly. Um, the credit card balancing is always a big deal where we, we go, well, they're paying those on time. So why would I look at that as being a problem? But it's the balance and limit reported is usually the number one thing that's going to bring their score up quick. It's amazing. You you explained that to me on a call we had and I learned so much. And, you know, I'm I'm fairly old and have bought a lot of houses and other things. And I was like, I, how did I not know any of wow. this? It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it is a lot of that stuff. Almost everybody I've met over the last 10 years, you know, because I will talk to anybody, you know, it's a painter in my house or it's the very rich woman at Nordstrom. If I bring it up, they're listening. They might not admit it, but they're listening. We all didn't get to know this stuff before. So there's no shame in it. We just got to help each other. You know, it's amazing. OK, let's talk about judgments and tax leads. Tax liens. That's such a um, irritant for me because I see credit repair companies saying, you know, pay us to get your judgment removed. And I'm like, they've been removed since 2018. Uh, August 2018, they took judgments and tax liens off your credit. They took them out of the public records area. So a lot of times people think, um, oh, I looked at my credit today and there was no judgment. And I know I'm, I'm my, my wages are garnished or I know I got sued. There won't be on the credit report. It doesn't mean they don't hurt you in the process of getting a mortgage because then the mortgage company uh, will get a title report and will pull up recorded documents for the county and find that there's a judgment. So most of us have a state um, website, you know, if it's Arizona's Maricopa.gov and you can click on recorded documents and it's a free search and you can put your first and last name in there and find out if you have any judgments. You don't really want to wait until the lender tells you because they're not likely to settle with you uh, for less when they know you're buying a house. They're like, I'm going to get my money, you know? So you want to try to handle that before you walk in and get the hard inquiry, you know? <laughs> great, great tip there. It's like showing up to a negotiation in a Cadillac or something, you know, it's like, oh, you've lost all your negotiating power. That's the time to cry. That's the time. <laughs> you know. Pull out the tears. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about VA assumables. Oh, assumables. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things where if a lender and a realtor don't understand them, um, you might want to just hear this one little piece because somebody's going to ask you about it. VA assumables, okay? What happens is, let's just say that uh, you are going to sell a home and you have a VA loan and you owe 300000 and you have an interest rate of 225 
and another veteran comes along and they want to purchase your home. Well, if they had to get a VA loan today, it might be seven, eight percent. But if they can assume the seller's loan, they'd have to come up with the difference. Let's say they were going to sell the house for 400 and the loan that the that the seller has is for 300. They'd have to come up with 100,000, but then they could walk in and assume that loan at that interest rate. So that's a nice selling piece. But you have to know as a lender, um, we don't get to be part of that. So it's kind of frustrating because it's like, oh, I have this buyer, he's all approved. And, and then you're excited for him because he's gonna do an assumable loan that the other loan officer uh, that is servicing the loan takes care of, not you. And so, um, you know, and you know what? That should not matter. It should be like, hey, let me help this. A lot of veterans don't even know they're allowed to be in the game. Because the last couple of years there, everyone's told them, you're not going to get your contract accepted because we're looking for cash, conventional. Believe me, VA, veterans, you know, this is your time. Get out there because they're definitely taking contracts from veterans. They're a lot more open to working with people. So a real estate agent could be the perfect person too if they understand how a VA assumable loan works. They're the person who can facilitate this. Totally, totally. Reach out to the seller's lender who is servicing the loan. Awesome. Um, and that's a nice little thing to throw in there, you know, into the listing. Absolutely. We've done a lot of stories. We've heard that buy downs are because of the current mortgage situation, the interest rate situation, very popular. Yeah. What do you think very. that lenders and real estate agents should understand about buy downs? I think that they're an amazing thing. You know, we haven't been using them since like 1978. You know, it's been a long time. We just at, at my bank got uh, the FHA VA 2-1 buy down this morning too. Um, so that's really great. But the thing to remember is it's not just uh, th that the seller or the listing, aid, I mean, there's anybody can can pay for the buy down cost. Okay, and let's say it's let's say it's about two and a quarter, uh, two point two five percent of the purchase price. Okay, that amount gets put into this little side account, like an escrow account. The let's say that the interest rate today is seven percent for the client. They have to qualify at the seven, right? But then what they're going to do is the very first year the rate would be let's say five percent if you're going to do the two one buy down. The next year would go up one percent, and then the next year another 1%. Now in my eyes, I'm like, why wouldn't you just take the two and a quarter contribution and buy your seven down as low as you can from the beginning? And mm, what if people refinance next year when the rates are lower, then you lose all that, right? But that's not the case. It, it, the money comes out of this little account that basically is covering the difference between what your payment would have been at the seven interest versus the five. And it just comes out of this little account every month. But if in a year you refinance, they refund you the amount. So that's, I think, like a, makes it a no-brainer for me. And so so really you see a lot of people. A, you, you win either way. Yeah, you win. And then you get to take advantage of the rates. Of, you know, there's a 3-2-1 buy down, a 2-1 buy down. The 3 one's a little bit more expensive. Um, it's basically the cost of the difference of what your rate would be versus where you're starting at each month. That's what that cost adds up to over time. But I think it's, I, I think, I think these are great options and you have to remember, and I saw this meme the other day, would you rather, you know, pay a hundred thousand over asking price and be at 3% or get 30, 50,000 off the asking price, you know, get, negotiate it down and be at seven. Um, you know, it's practically the same on the payment. 
So what's interesting, interesting is, yeah, I thought that was a real um, interesting one to kind of like <laughs> overanalyze. Yeah. Again, these are these are things that if real estate agents know them, it can really help people as they're looking for a house and feel like, you know, right now, so many people, affordability is huge and, right. and buy downs are a way to really, if you understand them and can help people with them, like, let me show you. So you're not also you're not competing like you were over the last two years. And to your point, you know, things got bid up really high. So at least you don't have to do that right now. No, you can make a good deal. And I'm, I'm probably the ultimate, I don't even know if I should share this, but I'm probably the ultimate, uh, you know, marry the house, date the rate story. If you look at it, I bought my house in after a divorce in uh, 2006, um, 17 for about 400. At the time, not kidding, the credit expert here had a little glitch happen with a certain credit card company and it dropped my score 100 points. I could not get financing. Me, being the loan officer, I could not get it. They, I had a hard money company come to me and say, I'll give you it for 12% interest only. Do you think I said, no, that rate's too high? I said, I'm getting the house. I got the house. Two years later, I refinanced to 1.875 on a 15-year, and today it's it was just valued at 990. So that's a lot of personal information, but can you beat that? Why would I not do that? You know what I mean? So I just don't look at that rate so much. You know, you want to look at the product, the the property of what you're buying and know that you're not going to sell it in a couple of years. It's going to be something that maybe you buy, live in, clean up, rent out, move to the next one, or hold on to it for six to 10 years, you know, and you'll be okay. You know? That's an incredible story. Thank you for yeah. sharing that. That is Thank really you. encouraging. I've never told it before. <laughs> well, our, our listeners are, yes, our <laughs> listeners are great. You already talked about veterans and yeah. how um, they should not feel like, you know, if, if they tried to buy a house in the last two years and kind of their, their, you know, their offer went to the bottom of the pile, that's no longer the case. Mm-mm. They have more power than they used to. Yeah, they really um, do. Low rates. They can do 100% financing. I mean, really no loan limit. You've got great government, low rates and able to get jumbo loans. You can even have two VA loans. Most people don't realize that if you have entitlement left over. Yeah, you can have two. You can rent out one. And then if you still have entitlement, uh, um, you still have some left over. You use it and you might not be able to do 100 percent financing, but maybe 5 percent without mortgage insurance with a government rate. So that is wild. Definitely Um, worth looking in. My uh, my husband's a veteran, so we've done a lot of VA mm. loans, and I did not know that you could have two at the same time, you see? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> make it into a rental. Some people think they even have to refi it once they want to make it into a rental, and that's not true. You know, you can rent it out with your VA loan. Your, your goal, you have to live in it for the first, you know, usually they say move in within 60 days, stay for a year minimum. You usually want to stay for two years because of capital gains, but... But yeah, after that, turn it into a rental, you know? Alyssa, you are giving us so much knowledge. Okay, what about uh, cash out refis with subpar credit? We know that cash out is really huge right now, but if what if you it don't is. have great credit? If you don't have great credit, I know you would not believe this because this shocked my head. I am very careful of listening to advice where I'm like, that's actually not a good idea. That's a very scammy idea or whatever the case. But I had two clients this week that there literally isn't a way to quickly get their score above 700. They're in that 620 to 640 mode. When you're in that 620 to 640 place and you're trying to get a conventional cash out refi, they'll limit you on how much cash out you can take out, if at all, because uh, conventional guidelines are a little bit 
uh, more strict on the credit profile. Even if you meet the height requirement, you might not take off on the ride. You know what I mean? So you got to sometimes conventional can deny your loan, deny your loan. And the last thing you'd ever think is if I have a conventional loan now and I have 20% equity, why in the world would I do a cash out refi with FHA and add mortgage insurance? However, when you look at the lower government rate and you and you look at that rate of interest with what you're going to borrow and you add the mortgage insurance you're going to pay on an FHA loan, compare it to the conventional cost and rate you're going to get for your low credit score and less money out of the house. It's almost even. I mean, it was like $40 difference. Um, and even the money that you roll into the loan for FHA and uh, sometimes points that are required, you know, to lock in right now, way different, way lower because of the loan level pricing adjustments that conventional loans have. And it almost gives you a little bit of an insurance because if you think about it, in a year, let's say that you needed, uh, you wanted to refinance, but your value dropped and you didn't have the equity. Let's say that your income, you still have your job, but your income has gone down. We think that could potentially happen. When you have an FHA loan and the rates drop, you can do a streamline FHA refi, no appraisal needed, no income verification, and you just get to drop your rate. So it's a great little insurance, you know? Alyssa, you are blowing my mind. And I know our listeners are going to be like, what? All these options, especially right now. Thank you so much for being on. You bet. Tell us again, where, Happy to be where here. can we find you um, online? Yeah. How can we get in touch with you? Yeah. You can put in color my credit into Google and you'll find my my YouTube page, my TikTok page, my Instagram, my Facebook or colormycredit.com. Um, I have a place there for booking consultations or speaking engagements, things like that. And then my book is on Amazon. Awesome. We're so glad to have yeah. you on. Thank you for sharing this Thank with you. us. Really appreciate you. How have the 2022 housing market forecast changed? Or how is the industry navigating the shift to a purchase-driven market? HousingWire's premium content program, HW Plus, answers questions like these and offers a variety of member-exclusive benefits that are tailored to what you need to stay competitive and agile in today's fast-paced market. Go to housingwire.com forward slash membership to join today. With your HW Plus membership, you get access to longer form digital content, the Housing Wire magazine, member exclusive rates to in-person events like Housing Wire Annual, and more. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.